Okay. So, uh, well, let's just start off without any stupid stuff and let's just start off. So, welcome to the Super Fun Awesome Happy Time Pedal Show podcast. My name is Gabor. Welcome. Wow. Hey, g'day. Welcome along. I'm Alex. And um, yeah, let's try this again. This is take three of the podcast. Take three of this podcast. So, we, we <laughs> tried to record it on Tuesday when we were filming videos and my SD card decided to go nah. Um, and um, it's always great when you when you do stuff and then you look at the screen and it's it always happens when the screen of whatever it is you're doing faces away from you and yeah. i had actually i had in the last maybe 2 weeks two sd cards died on me i did a video here at my place and the overhead camera at the end of the video when i looked at it it said can't read sd card or something like that same thing that it said when we were doing the podcast on tuesday right it said, you know uh, uh unable to read SD card or something like that. And I went, excellent. I'm glad mm -hmm. it tells me that on the screen that faces away from me. <laughs> yeah. So I do the whole stupid thing and then i got to do it all again. So I think we did almost an hour the other day of podcast. Yeah, and it's a really good chat too, unfortunately. And I checked, because the thing is, once I did this thing once uh, and I put my hands up and I, I admitted once, we did a podcast <laughs> and I didn't press record. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Um, so I have this paranoia now. So I checked. I did. Uh, I reckon at least about two or three times while we were doing the podcast. I kind of yeah. Because the thing is, we have this when we do it in a room together. We're now via the interwebs, but in a room together, I have this Zoom um, uh, uh, H6 recorder, and the thing is, you use the the microphones that that you click on it are really good. It sounds great. Mm. But you have to point them at you, which means the screen faces the other way. And um, so I do this thing now where while Alex talks, which is a rarity because I'm the loud, obnoxious guy in this duo. Uh, but <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Never mind. Carry on. I, I check every once in a while. And I, I remember, I think I checked twice. I looked at it just to make sure that the levels are okay and just to make sure everything goes. And I think I checked. It was like half an hour, 36 minutes into it. I checked and it was all good. And then uh, yeah. we were talking and then I thought, oh, this must be close to an hour now that we've been talking. And I checked and there was a message on the screen saying something about my SD card. It can't read my SD card or my SD card is not able to connect or I don't know, something like that. And then I got very angry and started yelling and screaming. Um, and I tried a recovery mm. thing and I actually recovered a file. I got, I got to recover a file, but it was all static noises on it. That was it. Right. So... Was it just noises and no no talking? No, it was just static noises, the whole thing. Right. So, um, Who? Which, which was lovely. There was, yeah, no talking at all. Anyway, so this is the third third yeah. time we tried, because then we tried it just before, and then Alex's internet was uh, not deciding to, to work with us. Uh, yep. But now you're plugged into the actual yeah. network with the network cable you're actually plugged in. Yep. So we should be good now. We've got copper. Well, so, there's, yeah. some, there's some quality copper between us now. Excellent. <laughs> and um, while we did that, we, we got coffee. So that's it's kind of win-win, really. So exactly. True, true. Yeah. Um, so before we even start, <clears throat> and before I let Alex get any more words in, <laughs> just, <laughs> I just want to say, uh, the thing we always do at this podcast, um, whether it's, you know, we do it regularly or not regularly, this podcast, it's just time is always an issue. But... Um, we love to get to know the people that listen to this podcast. And one of the things we say, we always say to do is, 
um, while you're listening to this podcast, just take a photo of wherever you are, whatever you you're looking at. You don't have to be in the photo. You, we don't have to. You don't have to show yourself. You can if you want to, but um, take a photo of uh, you know if you're sitting in a bus or sitting in a subway or tube or if you're sitting um, I don't know if you if you're walking or whatever it is you're yeah. doing, take a photo of it and send it to us. And big shout out to uh, Mr. Jason Lorenzen in San Francisco who sent us a photo of his washing machine, lovely looking LG washing machine, uh, saying he's listening to the podcast while doing household chores as always. <laughs> Um, and a big thank you and a big hello to Rob Rhodes, uh, who is listening to the podcast, the last podcast, whilst having a coffee and wandering around a lovely beach at Kingscliff, New South Wales. And uh, I want to just do a quickly, a little bit of shameless self-promotion because Rob uh, has become a podcast buddy of mine because we've joined Matt Wakeling on the Guitar Speak podcast for oh, the Iconics album series. Now... Congratulations Go, on getting a friend too. That's good. I have, yeah, I know. Well, they haven't met yeah. me in person yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what, so what you should do is you should go and not listen to any of the Guitar Speak podcast. Just listen to the Iconic albums. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Are they the ones listen you're on? The, <laughs> yeah, just the ones I'm on. Wow. No, go and check out the Guitar Speak <laughs> podcast. Matt's awesome and his podcast is great. Yeah. Uh, he has lots of really cool guests on and he um, – um, I really like his podcast. I've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast for ages. So to kind of be part of it now or part of a segment of it now is, is actually quite really quite flattering. So go and check it out. Iconic Albums. We just released the fifth one, I think, which was an album I never expected to like, but I actually like, um, which is Stormbringer by uh, Deep Purple. And, uh, yeah. So basically it's, it's us, um, the other guys – make me listen to albums I've never listened to before and I make them listen to albums they never listened to before and then either I talk for hours about the albums I chose or I kind of nod and say mm-hmm to the albums they chose. <laughs> <coughs> Steve Ray Vaughan. <laughs> Steve Ray Vaughan, yeah, for example. But no, Stormbringer was a bit uh, – I, I was, I was uh, actually pleasantly surprised that I actually liked that. It was good album. Okay, it does, so- doesn't sound like Deep Purple, so – I don't know that album. Not I think we talked about this when we were having lunch one day. But uh, I only kind of know that they're yeah few. That one, yeah. And Black Knight and a few others. But um, so, what's that album like? Like, how would you describe it? what what was it about that you liked it? What sorry, what was it about it that you liked? Well, my favorite thing about it is is that it didn't sound anything like uh, Deep Purple. But you've got to listen to the podcast. This is this is like a review podcast of the review podcast. No, yeah, well, one of the things Inception. It's it's yeah, it's Podception. <laughs> Podception. <laughs> With a deep podception. Um, yes. Uh, what I did. What I like. Well, to me, like a lot of the so- songs, for example, and that was one of the things I sort of brought up as well. Uh, it sounded almost Sly and the Family Stone, or almost a little bit Steely Dan in bits, like. Funky, uh-huh. jazzy, Deep Purple. And apparently Ooh. that's the album that um, that's when Richie Blackmore left because he hated what he was doing. And one of the things I brought up in it, actually, there's a couple of slide guitar solos. And, I mean, I don't know that much about Richie Blackmore, but I never yeah. kind of had him down as a slide player. But there's some really cool slide solos on it. And Rob was mentioning um, that apparently in the studio he hated every second of being there. And they... 
asked him to do a solo in the tracks and he, uh, for example, grabbed the screwdriver that was sitting there and played a slide solo in a screwdriver just because he wanted to do something to kind of piss the other guys off. But it turned out to be actually really cool. Like the solos are great mm. and it's it's a cool sounding album. Great singing too. Um, so anyway, listen to the podcast yeah. if you want to find out about it. But yeah, it doesn't sound anything like Deep Purple. Some really yeah. cool sort of like harmonic minory kind of guitar solos with slides. The tones as well, there's a lot of very, it almost sounds like guitar synth, some of the stuff he plays. And there's hardly any organ on it. It's all cool, like Moog sounding synth bits. And it's sure, it's cool. I dig it. It's a good, it's like a 70s prog album, but not as prog, but it's sort of prog with funky soul, Steely Dan, Sly and the Family Stone vibe. Funky, like frog? No, wait. F- frog, frog rock. Yes, frog. <laughs> yes, frog rock. <laughs> sure, why not? That, uh, no, it's good. So weird. check it out, check it out. Uh, but let's not talk about that. That's a different podcast. And make yeah. sure if you do listen to it next week, if you, so what is that, last week of July, um, it usually comes out on a Wednesday for most of the people around the world and a Thursday morning, Thursday night, Thursday morning for people in Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. It's my next choice, which is a Primus album, which uh, um, Rob was doing what I was doing when I, we were doing the Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff, where I was just kind of nodding, which you can't see <laughs> on the podcast, but I was just nodding. And Rob was kind of doing that to that album, so that was good. <laughs> I got him back, yes. Um, yeah, but it's good fun. I really quite enjoy doing it, and it's fun chatting with those two guys and, and being part of it. So check it out. Now, back Thank to you. our podcast. Uh, so oh, Alex, um what's 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 new with you what's been happening because it's been about a month again we missed one of the fortnightlies so it's been about a month again since the last podcast but what what have you been up to um it's kind of been a bit quiet around here as far as music stuff goes we've had had some more lockdown and restriction stuff with covid um excuse me so we we took the chance and and you did too actually we got away for a few days yeah you guys did some family holidays, and, school um, holidays at the same time. So, but I mean, it's oh, yeah, always that's... COVID stuff always happens when school holidays on are on because as soon as there's holidays and yeah. there's no lockdown, everyone goes, "We must travel, must go on yeah. holidays now." <laughs> anyway, yes, <laughs> but, uh, but that was kind of nice actually because we realised we hadn't really gotten away f- since Nam last year. Like that was our last kind of break okay. and get away. Yeah. So it's been over like eighteen months or something. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. We just went up to the, there's a town a few hours north and a um, little town on the beach and there's kind of nothing to do there. But there's like one shop and a pub and just a big long beach. So we just actually had to relax and not think about work. And it was really good. Zoe, my girlfriend, she had this kind of thing with her work where there's a big change and she works at a law firm. So there's all these like um, this solicitors that are left and other lawyers are coming in bit of a ch- change around so it was a good chance for her to get away and not f- think about you know work politics and office crap yeah so that was nice and um uh f- haven't really bought any gear for a while but we've kind of acquired some through the show yeah so kind of got some new toys to play with which is fun yeah. i did yeah. i did buy one pedal Ooh. actually what'd while you get? we were on holidays we went to the pub at this town for dinner and um and so we went to order our food. <coughs> Excuse me, checking. She went in, into the pub to order the food and came back and I said, I bought a pedal while you were away. Like within four minutes. She did. Of, no, I did. 
Oh, you did. Okay. I thought I said, she, you thought you said she went and came back and said I bought a pedal. No, she went and I, I said bought a pedal while you were away. Okay. And, yeah. um, and it's this Russian flanger. It's kind oh of yes. Crazy, crazy thing. And um, you've probably seen them, hey, like on online and on eBay yep. and things. Where was it? Like I want to say, like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. A bunch probably. of that stuff got made. Judging by the brown plastic, it's probably seventies. Mm. Well, I mean, brown plastic <laughs> is always cool. <laughs> it's hard to tell from Russia, but it's um, all the all the labels in Russian, and luckily this guy locally bought it and fixed it up a bit. Actually, put some jacks in the back because I had those five pin din whatever they are connectors. Yeah, yeah. And um, he put some jacks on it, and I think he put new pots on the top, um, and English labels on the controls too. So it's um. It's kind of this super wacky, and it does go into crazy self-oscillation uh, flanger. And there's no foot switch, but just a plastic button on top. So he said he used to just leave it on and like in an effects loop. And use, okay. Use another switch to bring well, it in do, and out. I'm, I'm sure we'll do a video with it. That'll be a video. Um, mm. Yeah. So if it's, they're coming up. That's cool. That's crazy. That's very cool. It's, it's has this um, like a bit of a buzzy noise floor but when I was playing with it it kind of you almost treat it like a synth drone oh cool and um, <laughs> so at first, earth, first I was earth, a bit, hum, earth hum is a synth drone yeah <laughs> it really, really is kind of see, see the bright side of everything isn't it mm. my thing's broken oh wait I can make music again <clears> and um, and that with a bit of echo you just end up with this kind of spacey wall of sound noise guitar tones which is definitely not me but it's really fun so i have to show you yeah cool no looking forward to it looking forward to it yeah and it's the uh i, I won't even try and pronounce what it is because uh some of those letters are backwards yes well yeah. i think it's cyrillic isn't it that's what they call russian writing cyrillic writing mm. which is very very this... very very different from anything um yeah so that's um, kind of fun cool mm. Yeah, we'll probably do a video of the crazy Russian flanger. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't bought... I don't, have I bought anything? Have I bought a pedal? Oh, actually, I did buy a pedal that you tagged me on, uh, uh, a DoD pedal, um, mm. an FX10 that you tag, tagged me on on Facebook. The, yeah. Um, FX10 Bifit preamp, because I, I didn't have that one already. Um, but we've been getting a lot of stuff. So a lot of yeah. stuff has been sent to us for videos that we're going to do some videos of. So I'm just looking right now. I'm looking at the two Maris pedals, the Mercury 7 and the Polymoon. Um, uh, Dreadbox have sent us, um, I don't think you've even seen it yet, Alex, the Darkness. No, only photo you sent me. Which is their reverb. The interesting part about it is uh, it didn't come with a manual and online it says manual coming soon. And I don't necessarily know what the knobs do. <laughs> I need to have a talk to them because it's just you turn it and you go, well, once you kind of you start thinking, oh, maybe this knob will do this. And then you turn a bit more and you go, no, actually, no, it's not doing what I thought it was doing. It's doing something else. So i got to talk to them <laughs> about that. And there's actually, I should, um, they sent us a couple of other pedals as well for a giveaway. So I'm not 100% sure exactly what's going to happen yet. But there yep. will be a Dreadbox pedal giveaway, um, which I think is going to sort of coincide with our 
20,000 subs on YouTube. So mm. um, if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, I think I- I've got to talk to the guys um, from Dreadbox what they had in mind as well. It was their idea to do a, dr- a giveaway. And I just sort of said, oh, we're coming up to 20,000 subscribers. Maybe we should do a like a giveaway thing with that, L- or, you know, make yeah. that the reason for the giveaway. And they didn't really say much. They didn't say yes or no. They just went, okay. Um, so um, I'll talk to them about it. But yeah, that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be interesting because they're they're cool pedals. I like the Dreadbox stuff. Actually, speaking of, um, should shout out to Frank Johnson, who also Frank, yes. Jump on our um, <laughs> our Facebook group, which is called the Super Fun Awesome Happy Time. No, He's Super been Fun cursing awesome. us a bit lately. <laughs> guitar, um, guitar chat was it guitar chat. Yeah. Gear chat, sorry. Gear chat, not to touch it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he just got the comma rabi. That's a cool a flanger, though. That's flanger chorus. That's yeah. It's it that's cool. one of my my absolute favorites. And what did he buy? There was something else he bought the other day, and he said, or his friend bought yep. or something, and he he cursed us. Yeah, oh, the, the, the Eurac, the whole Eurac stuff. The wasn't Nobles it? overdrive. Nobles overdrive. No, nah, but wasn't there something else? I swear there was something else. Uh, anyway, this, yeah. he said, "Damn you, S." F A H T P S. I can't say it. Yeah. Um, and pedal manufacturers and Tim Pierce. Oh yeah, for the, like, yeah, the the nobles. Yeah. Sorry, Tim sorry, Pierce Frank. Has been, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, Tim Pierce has loved that for years. It's been, I think, every um like you know, gear rundown he's done on his YouTube channel. He's always yeah, has but that. Isn't that a lot of the session guys really like them? I know that Tom Bukovac, he's got. Um, um, Uncle everything. Larry or whatever he calls himself, uh, he um, he's got everything. <laughs> he well, he's got everything. But he, I think he did a, he did a little while ago. He did a rig rundown with Premier Guitar, and yeah. it was at a studio. And he, I mean, he has everything, and he has all the different amps, and he had uh, he has that um, what's it called, Eco something like that. That um, which I think Tink Pierce has now as well. That um, like a like a big spring reverb thing which is apparently meant to be really really cool anyway but i remember mm. him saying in that rig rundown that the uh, one of the constants on his pedal board has been the the nobles that's sort of one of his favorite drives yeah. and yeah a lot of session guys seem to really like that like tim Piers. yeah it's cool Tom Booker fact. um but what do they know they're only session players <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tish posh. Um, um yeah we got some i think Probably haven't talked about it. The um, Embers Overdrive from Lawrence Petros Design. Is yeah, well, the Embers. Really? It's not technically officially released until the twenty eighth, but he has. Um, there's been um, uh, pictures of it. He he posted pictures yeah. of it. So on the twenty eighth, there will be a, a video of us doing that coming out. Um, that's sort of his mm. take on a Klon style pedal. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, it's good, actually. It's funny because I just we filmed the video ages ago because we got that pedal quite a while ago, and um, I sort of didn't think about it. And then I just edited the video the day before yesterday or yesterday, day before recently, very recently, anyway. And I thought it sounded really good in a recording. Like it sounded better on some guitars than others. I found, but um, I remember thinking it's quite bright. While yes, we were playing like, it, likewise. But listening back to the video, it didn't sound bright. It sounded really good. Oh, cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And what was the other one? You got the 68 oh, of him. Deluxe? Uh, yeah. The 68 Deluxe, uh, the 87 Deluxe, Deluxe as well, yeah. which we haven't done a video of. We've done a 68 Deluxe, which is great. See, so we did, um, he sent us a whole bunch of pedals. Then I, we both really liked the 87, which is actually, I, I didn't expect you to like it as much, but you, you, you kept it and you yeah. really liked it. And I thought I was, and this is also sort of a lengthy thing, which I haven't released yet, but I started filming a video. Uh, boss sent us his BCB 1000 pedal board, which actually I told Ed, our boss guy, that he's not getting it back. I'm keeping it. We've got to work something mm -hmm. out because it's a cool, cool pedal board. So anyway, so there's no rush in getting stuff out. And I started filming about putting a pedal board together, started filming a video about it. And um, I had... As always, I put the King of Tone on it because that's been my go-to kind of drive for ages. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have something different for a change? I really like the 87. Let's get the 87 Deluxe. I actually bought, I messaged Lawrence. Actually, Lawrence wanted, offered to give it to me for free. And I said, no, 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 I want to buy it. You've been really nice to us. You've sent lots of stuff to us. I really like what you do. I want to support you as a, as a maker as well, you know. Let me pay for it. So I paid for it. Um... And um, it came, and it's great. And then, I don't know, a week later, two weeks later, he said, oh, that, that's when embers and stuff, right? And he said, oh, I've got this pedal coming out. Um, can I send you a, a, a version of it? Because it's sort of a limited run. Because I think he does his, uh, with Lawrence Petros, if you sign up to his newsletter, he does his limited runs of pedals. I think the Dutch was maybe a limited run as well at first. Um Actually have we talked about the Dutch? No, we should talk about that as well because I think yeah. they came in all in the same sort of package. Mm. Anyway, so he said, and then he said, "Oh, I'll send you because um, you really like the '68, and you did. We did that video of the '68 with the box of rock, but the box of rock has a boost in it as well." And he said, "Oh, I, yeah. I, I do the '68 Deluxe. That's got a boost in it. That's maybe a bit more of a fair sh uh, shootout." Sure, yeah. So he sent it to me, and then now the problem is I don't know which one to put on my board because. Hmm. They're both really, 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 really good. How about both on the board? <laughs> well, the board isn't big enough. <laughs> and the problem with the board is it's not that big of a board. And I don't. I like the idea of having a smaller board. But yep. um, the idea behind a board is to have the... Um, I want a board with the HX Stomp permanently mounted on it that I can then use either with an amp or direct in. So I can have the choice of, you know, what do I want to do? Do I want to go direct in or do I, do I want to use um, an amp? And I have to have a whammy pedal on every pedal board mm -hmm. I have. So the whammy pedal takes up almost a third of the pedal board. So um, there's not a huge amount of room. Hmm. But yeah, so I'm, I have, I'm going to have one drive on it and I want to have a drive that has multiple options on it. Um, and the 68 is almost more versatile because it has the two channels, but yeah. then it also has a boost. So you can go between the, the milder channel and the hot-rodded kind of 68 plexi channel. And then you have a boost, which is in front of the drive. So it you can boost. You have basically three different, or not three, technically, one, two, three, four, five gain stages because you've got the boost on its own. Yeah, You've got two drive stages on the nine, that's three, and then you've got each drive with a boost. So that's technically yeah. five gain stages you have in one pedal. Whereas with this 87 Deluxe, you only have two. Um, it's probably a boring point to bring up, but maybe you should try each one against 
how they sound against your amp sims in the HX Stomp. Yeah, well, I will do. That's that's part of that video I'm going to be doing. That's a sort of a longer video. And then I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but apparently, I'm that angle um, amp that I've been supposed to be getting for ages. Um, the um, Iron Ball Special Edition is that what it's called? Iron Ball SE, I think that's what it is. Which is the small like miniature head, like um, mm. is it Iron Ball? Um, Iron balls? And it has uh, um, Iron angle, Balls. Angle. Amps. Is it one or two? <laughs> it only has one. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it has built in like delay and uh, reverb and multiple channels. And it has um, built in the Iron Ball SE, yeah, the, the E606 SE. Because um, it's got, it's all MIDI switchable. Um, and it has um, so it's got a built-in delay and it's got built-in reverb. Um, mm. And I remember we played the, the, the original Iron Ball at uh, Forty Two Gear Street, and I remember all of us kind of going, "That's a really cool little amp." They had a red one there, and I yeah. remember actually you as well saying in some of the videos you've seen where we used that. That's a really cool sounding amp, and there's been lots of feedback. You know, we did videos. Like I was sitting there with Ryan or with with uh, from Sixty Cycle Hum or with um, with uh, Mike from um, CGS, um, uh, you know, demoing guitars, and we were going to that um, amp, and a lot of people kind of commented, you know, amongst Friedman's and other amps that were there, much massively huge hundred watt Friedman BE Deluxe head, and a little I think twenty watts angle. And a lot of yep. people saying, oh, that angle sounded really, really cool. And it was a really cool sounding amp. So that amp I'm meant to be getting. And I'm, I know with angle with my um, with my Powerball, and I know from what Henning is saying as well, angles seem to react slightly differently to pedals than a lot of other amps, just the way the, the amps are built. Sure. So yep. I want to see which one, once that arrives, which hopefully – I've got the message saying it's ready to be shipped, but – I never got a shipping confirmation. I need to be I need to get in touch with them and see if it's actually coming or not. But um, that's going to be cool anyway when it comes. But yeah, so I want to try it with that because that's going to be my gigging amp. Because mm -hmm. actually another thing we got and I just released a video of, getting sort of sidetracked by getting sidetracked, is that air step stuff. Yep. Yeah. Cool. These things, um, which is like a MIDI controller, but it. It's also wireless MIDI, so Bluetooth MIDI, and it does lots of stuff. It's quite deep. And I actually just got a message from from them saying there's a whole new firmware update and a whole new app update coming in the near future as well, and they're going to send me a beta version of it to test it. But what I was thinking is I want to, because it's wireless, um, mm. and it's wireless MIDI, you can get these wireless MIDI, it's called WIDI, which is like <laughs> a wireless MIDI thing you can you plug in. And I thought, yep. how cool would that be? So I, I use that angle amp. I plug a wireless MIDI plug into the back of the amp. I have wirelessly up the front of the stage, I have my little air step. And yep. I can control things like the delay, reverb, and channel switching with that. So I wanna, that's going to be my, my new rig. It's going to get all um, uh, united like that. Yeah. Yeah, get cool. From the future. From the future, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, so what nice. were we talking about before? Oh, Lawrence Petrol stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's how we got the angle thing. Yes, that's, uh, that's how. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, the other pedal we did, um, is I don't know if it's a series, but it has like a 
like a different look to the others. It just had like this black and silver faceplate to them. I think um, they're sort of the limit. His limited edition runs, he does them like that. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if they have a name or not, but um, yeah, the Embers is a new clon esque kind of thing coming out, and the other one's a Dutch. It's called the Dutch, and it's um, it's just like a general purpose overdrive. Doesn't he describes it kind of like a yeah, just an overdrive, doesn't he? Yeah, there's no yeah. there's no flavors or with a but boost it on does, it as well. Yeah, yeah, and the boost is really good. It's kind of set and set and forget kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I really like that overdrive. Mm. I think it's really good. Um, yeah, which kind of I rebuilt my pedal board for a gig. When was that? Like a few months ago, around my AC30, because I wanted to try that as yeah. a my sort of pedal platform. And unfortunately, I didn't think the um, his pedals were really friendly against the AC30 because I know he's designed them around Fender backline amps. That's kind of his. It's probably too too mid forward. The, yeah, there's the a lot too much top end. Okay. Too jangly. Um, it just didn't sit right, which kind of makes sense because he's he says he designs designs them around Fender backline amps, yeah. and that's how yeah. you get Marshall sounds. On a fly date or a festival or whatever it is, venue yeah. that has backline. So now I'm thinking maybe I should go back to my Fender amp and use his pedals because they're cool. No. In saying that, though, hmm. when I did, the, for example, the unboxing video of his pedals, hmm. uh, I ran it into my the Marshall. So, I'm, I mean, I ran a, a Marshall pedal into a Marshall and it sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but I guess Marshall it's maybe squared. not as top. It's it's it, it's not as jangly in the top end uh, as no. the AC30. No, definitely not. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do like. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she get two amps, AC30, and the Fender with the Marshall. <laughs> the f- <laughs> just just. I'm a I'm a bit older than you, but for me, the AC30 is just too big and heavy to lug around to gigs. I've got it in a case, so it's all on wheels. You just roll around. Yeah, but you still got to get it in and out of the van and stuff. Yeah, but that's I've got arms for that. Yeah, but it's uh, uh, see that's why I'm <laughs> that's why I'm doing the complete opposite to you. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking at getting this tiny little lunchbox angle head where I'm not like going to hook a speaker like a up. That's just going to go directly into the into the PA, so no speaker on stage. I mean, I could if I wanted amp, to, but amp purse, amp purse, no speaker yes. on stage, directly into the PA, uh, or Line six HX stomp, so just a pedal board direct in in ears. I'm I'm good. I don't want to lug stuff. I've been lugging stuff for too many years. Um, sure. <laughs> I don't want to lug stuff anymore. I'm done with lugging. <laughs> That's fair enough. But yeah. um, yeah, I know. Hmm. And you know, this is, of course, this is all dependent on the two gigs I have a year on electric guitar. <laughs> yeah, true. It's been, yeah, it's, especially it's, now with COVID. It's pretty important stuff, really, in the scheme of the world. <laughs> somewhat decimated the old uh, electric, mm. like full band gigs around here anyway. But yeah, um, But yeah, so that's a Lawrence, it's always cool stuff to Lawrence Petrol stuff. I always enjoy yeah. all of his pedals. Um, and then I was, I was wondering, like, with the AC30, it has great reverb and tremolo on it too. So, I was even thinking I could use like the um, it was that Nano Plus or whatever it is, the little pedal board, yeah, and just have like a couple of drives and delay on there. Is oh, that yeah. that could there be a go. thing? I don't know. That's why not? Why yeah. not? I mean, that's that's definitely where to go. Um, 
We should quickly also talk about other stuff we got. So we also got a bunch of the MXR stuff and uh, Jim Dunlop, um, which the good people from Jim Dunlop, Jim Dunlop Australia sent to us. Mm. So we did the FOD and then we just recently did, actually, I think it's coming out tonight when we're recording. So it's going to be out already by the time the podcast is out. Uh, the FOD versus Dookie Drive. So I bought a Dookie Drive secondhand, a version 3 Dookie Drive, because no one could really, really tell me if the FOD is the same as a Dookie Drive. And um, um, not even the rep, like not even the Aust- Jim Dunlop mm. Australia guy, MXR Australia guy, could really tell me exactly. And there's no video on YouTube. So this is, we're, is going to be the only video on YouTube at the moment that has FOD versus Dookie Drive. Yeah. Um, so that's coming out tonight. We also did the MXR Tremolo, which is coming out probably, that'll be a little bit after this podcast comes out. Uh, and what, what was the other one? The Green Rhino by Way Huge, the Mark V, I think, Smalls Edition Green Rhino. Um, oh, and the Waz. We haven't filmed the Waz yet, the, the um, Tom Morello Waz. But so yeah. um, FOD, Dookie Drive, without giving too much away, what were your thoughts? They're very close, but not identical. You just gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, but they're, <laughs> How else are you supposed to describe? They're yeah, cool. Like, they're cool drives. I, I actually I yeah. quite enjoyed them as 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 overdrives. And not just like a one trick pony. Not just doing the punk pop thing. No. Or or sort of any heavy heavy music. Like you can still get that. Because they are sort of Marshall-esque drives. Yeah. You can still get um, kind of Marshall clean tones if you want to do that yeah. thing, like a like the Edge of Breakup Marshall flavor clean. But, yeah. And they're not crazy high gain, like not modern Marshall. No, 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 no. still get distortion, but it's not like, you know, but Uber Shell or something. It is cool having – I quite like that, the blend thing, where you blend between the two different amps. The one is a little bit cleaner. Mm. Yes, and maybe a little bit more scooped. The other one is a bit more distorted and maybe a little less scooped. And uh, or was it the other way around? Uh, I don't but, remember now which one was more scooped. I think the I cleaner think it, one was a bit more scooped. But I think that works because the cleaner one isn't clean. It's not like a wet dry. No, thing. no, no. Cleaner. It's just less distorted. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um. I think that's why that thing works. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, like a well, sparkle I think, I mean, drive that, that and some other pedals. That was the whole idea. So I think that's yeah. the that's the um, uh, from what I was reading with the whole Dookie drive, right? So when they were recording Dookie in the studio, what they were doing is they were using these two amps, and one was a bit cleaner. Um, I think the cleaner one was a bit more scooped with more bottom end, and then it had the more distorted one, which was a bit more driven, but had less bottom end but more mids. And I think what they were doing, basically, most of the guitar sounds on Dookie were the same. It's just those two amps at the same setting. But in the recording process, when they wanted something cleaner, they were blending more towards the, the one amp. And if they wanted something yeah. a bit more dirty, they were blending more towards the other amp. But they always had both in there because it gives that one gave, gave more weight and the other one gave the mid punch. Um, and I think it's a really on the pedal having that blend control on it i think it's really cool you can find a lot of really cool sounds and it is i mean especially with duke and with green day the the, the thing i always sort of associated it's this fast palm muted with the odd accented chord right you know that 
And having that cleaner bit blend in, it gives it gives you nice definition and keeps it tight. Yes, yeah. The, the, and, and punchy. And it, it definitely sounds like that Green Day album. And it, regardless which guitar with what pickups were used, it did kind of sound like that. It had that, mm. that kind of vibe to it. And I really yeah. dug it. I, I thought um, the, both the FOD and the Dookie Drive, I, I really, really enjoyed them. Yeah, they, they were super fun. Like... I don't know. Maybe fun is the right word. Like it's just yeah. Well, I mean that's it, what it's all about, ma- really. In the end, makes you think about, about high school, high school bands and stuff. Because I mean, yeah, bad. Punk. Were you were you too young when Dookie came out? Because it was sort of for me, it was right in my. I think it was around about grade eleven here at school. Yeah. So I was about sixteen, maybe fifteen, sixteen. I think was it ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, that was maybe ninety five. Last yeah. year was the twenty five year anniversary. That was kind of the beginning of high school, ish. Yeah, yeah. So I think, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Don't don't because I remember. I think the Dookie Drive they released it for the twenty fifth anniversary of Dookie the album. Yeah. So I think it was maybe ninety five when it came out. Sure. Or po- maybe it was ninety four. Did it? Did I release it last year or the year before? Uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. Oh, um, maybe a little while ago. Yeah. But I was probably around 15, 16, round about the time when Dookie came out. And I remember Dookie was quite a big album in my life. So I just sort of Nirvana happened. And I think it was just after Kurt Cobain died. And I was a massive Nirvana fan. And I loved uh, In Utero. That was uh, like one of the greatest albums in my life. And um, then Dookie came out. And I know that was sort of the next thing. And it was around the time also Weezer came out. The first Blue Weezer album came out yeah, around that sure. time. And Dookie came out. And I, I remember really loving both those albums. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, cool. that, was, that was in the high school days. Fun. Um, mm. MXR Tremolo, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's lovely, wasn't it? Like it yeah, gr- you, great. You have to watch the video, but it has the same format as the reverb. And I think there's one or two others. Yeah, we have the push button. Like one of the knobs is also button. Algorithm selector. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the sounds are lovely. Maybe six algorithms is a bit much for a tremolo. tremolo. Yeah, yeah, I thought so <laughs> you too. You could probably lose two or three. Uh, but it's, but I mean, it's nice they're there. It's they're nice there. They're there you know, yeah. yeah. You're not complaining. You've got more choices. Yeah. Uh, I think they all sounded sweet. They all sounded very musical. Um, harmonic tremolo sounded great. That's it's a yes. really good harmonic tremolo. And between that and the stereo choppy square wave one, you can kind of cover a lot of ground, eh? Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, my favorite, swampy. my favorite okay. bit of the whole thing is the envelope controlled tremolo. Mm. I think that's yep. that's great, and I think. I think we were talking about it briefly in the video as well. Is that uh, there aren't? I don't think that's something you see enough of, in my opinion. Yeah. Because um, I and I also mentioned it in the video. Um, I didn't mention the brand because um, it's an unrelated brand. But I mean, I had a, a Boss GX seven hundred, which I still think is a killer, killer rack mount. If you want a rack mount that's not massively expensive, that has a lot of really cool stuff on it, the Boss GX seven hundred, which mine also the the power supply started smoking and I think it damaged something in the rack mount and our friend the Baron has it, but he hasn't, he's had it for like a year and I don't know if he's fixed it or if he's playing it and not, doesn't care, but um, uh, it had a thing on it, which I, uh, it had an envelope controlled vibrato. So it has their vi- boss vibrato, right? The VB2 kind of setting on there. Cause I mean the GX 700, yeah. I think it pretty much had most of their 
effects pedals that were available at the time were in it. It was like their mm. flagship thing at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it had the VB2 vibrato setting on it, but it also has an envelope vibrato in it, which I loved that. That was my favorite thing on that thing. Where you know, you 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 set the vibrato, you play a chord. As you strum the chord, the vibrato is faster, and as the chord rings out, it sort of slows down. And if you have it sort of subtle in the background, it's a cool sounding thing. And I don't think there's enough of that in pedals. I want to see more envelope controlled modulation. Well, you can obviously do it with digital because they have, like MX, I have. Yeah. So you, yeah. you could do it like, um, what's that Mad Professor um, modulation pedal? The, co- the not Cosmos? Moon? No. The moon one? Yeah, something moon, yeah. You've got that like, somewhere, don't you? Yeah, somewhere, like a, something like that where it's like a multi-modulation pedal. It, it can just be like a same footprint. Uh, and But you have you can basically just basically a tremolo, but, but instead of six tremolos, you could have six modulation types. Yeah, all, all envelope really controlled. Cool. Yeah. But we're, we're actually or, getting, or not, uh, I guess. We're actually getting, and this is again getting sidetracked, but yeah. um, someone, and I'm sorry I forgot your name, Hang on, let's see if I can find him quickly. But on our gear chat thing as well, the the on our YouTube group, um, someone mentioned. I'm trying to find his name just so I'm not being rude. Uh, is he here somewhere? Trevor Trevor Bernhardt. Uh, hi, Trevor Bernhardt, if you're listening. He wrote, he posted a thing on a GitChat thing saying, hi guys, anyone using any of those new flammer pedals as an F-L-A-M-M-A, flammer pedals? Uh, mm. Chinese, but reviews and actual pedals look really good. Uh, and uh, I said, I've never seen them, but I'll contact them. We'll see what happens. And they got back to me saying, sure, we'll send you, pick any two and we'll send them to you. And I so I asked him which ones he wants um, he, I said to him, well, you asked for it. Which ones do you want me to get? <laughs> and he said, yeah. one is a reverb and the other one is a um, multi-modulation one. And all it says on their website is it's got 11 modulation algorithms on it from from normal to – hang on, what does it actually say? Let me quickly find it, Flammer. From normal uh, to Gabor. No, from normal to um, experimental. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if maybe, you never know, it could be some, because it doesn't actually, if you go to the website, it doesn't actually say um, what it is. Hang on, I'm at the website now. Uh, It's not the greatest website in the world. Yeah. Uh, The FSO5 multi-modulation, 11 modulation effects from classic to experimental, but it doesn't tell you what they are. (laughs) On their sure. website, so it'll be interesting to see what it actually is. Um, so you never know; they might have that. You never know. Some of those cheaper ones, like the New X. Remember the New X multi-modulation thing we did? Yeah, yeah. That was actually really, really good, and a lot better, I thought, than a lot of brand name modulation yeah. effects. And it was multi. And the Echo was cool too. The Echo was really cool too. Yeah. The oh, the uh, was it real Echo? The the tape Echo kind of pedal that was really really yep. good anyway um getting sidetracked so the flammer stuff is coming they're sending us some flammer stuff um oh and i believe also um just while i'm saying things that are maybe coming hopefully possibly um we yeah. were contacted by did you see the email we were contacted by where is he is vs audio oh not aliens 
about the Blackbird pedal, about us maybe doing a, the, mm. which is their brown face style, um, yeah. brown face, black face style pedals. I think we're going to get one of those, which that I've always, cool. they had that one that's like a king of tone. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but the graphics is really cool. Um, what is it called again? VX effects pedals. Um Uh, hang on, let's check out the website. This is riveting listening again. <laughs> VS Audio, here it is. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen that one. I think Eirik from Living Room Demos did a video of, of that ages ago, and I went, oh, that looks and sounds really, really cool. Um, right. Where are we? Where is the – there's the website. There's a dog in here. It's loading. Yeah, so the Blackbird is the authentic vintage brown face, black face, amp tones, powerful tone shaping, all analog electronics, center negative 9 volt, true bypass, building oh, another Greece com Greek company. There's a lot mm. of great stuff coming out of Greece. Cool. Kick, kickstart the economy. Yeah. Oh, the Royal Flush. Uh, have you? Hang on. I'll see if I can share the screen. Mm-hmm. So you can see it. No one else can see it. But, cool. Uh, share screen. Tab. That one. Share. Ah, Make can you see it now? Yes, you can see now. That one. Have yeah, you yeah. seen? Remember seeing that one around? No. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I've seen a few pictures, and I think it's like a King of Tone version of King of Tone. Uh, right. And I remember always, uh, it's sort of one of those ones I kind of saw a few times and I always kind of went, oh, I like that. Does look cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah. but yeah, so we're getting the, the brown, oh, uh, well, he hasn't actually gotten back to me yet. Maybe I shouldn't even talked about this because he hasn't actually gotten back to me yet whether he's actually sending it. But he contacted us to see whether we wanted that. So mm. it's a Blackbird VS Audio. Um, uh, it looks cool. Yeah, they do have cool graphics, don't they? Yeah, and another another Greece uh, Greek pedal. That's cool. They do lots of cool stuff. Yeah. So that's coming as well. Yeah. Um, okay, we should we, for almost forty five minutes. Oh, we are forty five minutes into it. We should talk about um, probably what we the main thing we talked about the last time we tried to record this podcast. <laughs> Some guitars. Some guitars. Yeah. So we got. Um, I don't know if you really yes. talked about it in a in a month ago podcast, but so we were sent. Um, the KGB fuzz by Valco, and Valco is basically like a, the a, the effects section of Eastwood guitars, so Eastwood mm -hmm. and airline guitars, and they got us in touch with the Australian distributor of Eastwood guitars, and um, because I said, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Maybe let's send us some more Eastwood guitars to use for the demo, you know, and then we can we'll, we'll use them for other videos too, and they send us a couple of Revolta guitars because Revolta is. For anyone who doesn't know, so Revolta is the, and I'm doing air quotation marks, budget brand of uh, Novo guitars. Yeah. Uh, so Novo guitars is all custom made, handmade, and I think quite expensive guitars made in Nashville uh, by Dennis Fano, or a, a small kind of group of people, and he's like the main dude, Dennis Fano, hmm. uh, called Novo guitars, and he released a budget version it was still not necessarily budget because they're around about a bit over two thousand australian dollars so they're maybe i don't know 1500 us something like that 
um, 12 to 1500 US. Um, budget line that is made in Korea uh, through Eastwood. So Eastwood Guitars is sort of, I guess, making it for him, but his designs called Revolta Guitars. And so we got two. We got the Combinata 817. 17, yeah. And the Mondata 8. Um, the, so when they arrived, we quite conveniently both gravitated towards not the same guitar, but the diff- Opposite, different yeah. guitars. So we didn't have yeah. to fisticuff over who, who hangs on to which. But so Alex, let's start with you. So you kind of gravitated towards the golden combinata, mm. uh, 17, uh, 17, yeah. talk about it. Let us, let us know about it. Yeah, it's cool. It's is it called a German car with that sort of yep. edge routing on the yep. top of those arch top guitars, um, and that's pretty cool. But yeah, this one is a gold top, but it has clear back and sides and and neck too. So yeah. I really like that. I've seen it seen it done on uh, Warmoth bodies too, but they've done it with like other colours as well. Yeah, I, I remember them. They did like a a clear back and sides with like a cream top and that looked really cool. Okay. But I really like that idea of having a, a color, a solid color top and then clear back and sides on okay. the guitar. So that was a pleasant surprise when you actually look at the back of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it had the um, Duesenberg Trem 2 or something, whatever that the thing less, is. Le, less Trem, less Trem, I less, think it's called too, yeah. yeah. They're kind of little add The kind trim. of big speed where you don't, Really yeah. need a Bigsby if you have a if you have a tunematic style bridge like a solid tailpiece you can just attach it to that. Mm. I think is it Emily from Get Offset? I think she may have put one of them on her Starcaster, the Squire uh, Starcaster. Yeah, right. Which is a cool idea, actually. Anyway, con- do, c- um, that continue. worked really well. The, the guitar, I think they just need a little bit more tweaking with the setup, but it, the tuning would go out slightly. But they're brand new out of the boxes, so they just probably need a little bit. Of yeah, tweak. I mean, uh, most guitars thing. need a bit of a yes. setup. We we talked about this in the podcast that no one's going to hear, but yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> something people don't realize is even though there might be kind of again air quotations set up in the factory or in a warehouse, it's still like a generic kind of starting point for someone. Yeah, and if um, a bit of music shops will either do it for you, offer to do it for you, or even send away to a guitar repairer to do it for you. And if not, maybe you should do that yourself because it you can then talk to, say, your, your local guitar repairer or service guy and um, tell them how you like to play guitar, whether you play yeah. really heavy with your right hand or you play lighter, um, how high you like the action and all that kind of stuff. And then it's kind of good to go and you get the best out of your instrument. Yeah. Well, see, I I, I know from when I used to work in retail at a music shop, um, mm. I always one thing that always annoyed me when you go to music shops is that um, you know a lot of times you pick up a guitar and the action will be quite high, especially acoustics. The action will be quite high, and yeah, yep. um, And I always sort of thought, oh, why don't they fix that? But it's surprising when you work in retail how many people come in and they want the action to be high. And the thing is, you can always lower things, and you can always, you know, make things more like you want them to be if you have a higher starting point. But if the action is nice and low, you need, you know, it's harder to raise it. 
So, um, but yeah, I, I, um, I find it's a really good skill to learn anyway. Just to once you kind of know what you like, yeah. Um, try to set up your own guitars because I mean, for example, like it's the same. I had the same with the Mondata. I had the same sort of experience. To, I like heavier strings, and it's funny actually when you when after I set it up, my the one that I'm keeping now, the Mondata, and you played it, you said, "Oh, it's set up like all your guitars are set up," and it's it's kind of actually a compliment because. I don't consider myself very good at doing that sort of stuff, but I kind of get by um, because I, you know, I put f- first thing I do is I put eleven gauge strings on it um, because I like heavier strings. Then also one of the things I always find with um, uh, one of the things I always find with most guitars, and especially once you put heavier strings on it, you got to file the nut slots a little bit down a bit. Um, and you know, I don't have. I actually, I want to buy proper nut files, um, but I've just been using sandpaper, and you fold the sandpaper in half, and you kind of go through the groove. And one of the things I always kind of do, uh, which I don't know if the, it's sort of you're meant to really be doing it, but to me, I always find the the, the side of the nut that faces the machine heads. If mm. you kind of when you're sanding, you kind of point towards where the machine head is. So you yeah. kind of almost get a little kink at the end. So when the string goes through it, it kind of, instead of going through the through the nut and <laughs> then bending to go to where the, where the um, th- that's usually if you have a three-a-side headstock. Six-a-side often yeah. is straight anyway. But, you know, you kind of sand it so it goes towards where the machine it is. And to me, a lot of times that makes, just those little things make such a difference. And just feeling it with your finger and going, is there like a sharp edge? And, oh, there's yeah. a sharp edge, okay, and just doing a little bit of sanding of it. And that's all I did. And I straightened the neck up a little bit as well because, I mean, that's another thing as well. We live in Australia. We live miles away. Um, but generally transport, you know, transport companies don't give a crap. They throw these boxes around. Necks will warp ever so slightly in transport. Um, you know, look at it, just straighten up the neck a little bit, see how it goes. And to me, it just makes such a massive difference because, yeah, I, I had the mm. same, that that Mondata had some tuning issues and the tuning issues was the strings went sharp, which yes, is yeah. weird, especially the B and the G. And I think it's just you bend the string and it catches in a nut and it yep. goes sharp. So, you need that, you know, you need to send a nut back a little bit. and and um, But once you set it up, I thought, so, so okay, so they sent us those guitars for a few demos in order to send back in the end. But I ended up keeping the um, Mondata because I actually quite like it and I don't have a guitar with three mini humbuckers. Uh, and after I set it up and put my gauge of strings on it and everything, it plays really, really well. Cool. Nice. So what, you had a bit of a play with it the other day. What were your thoughts on the Mondata? Um, yeah, it's cool. Like I've played it a few times. Definitely... Um, Get some unique sounds out of it having the, th- the three mini humbuckers and that switching thing. Like yeah. The Combinata, uh, that had two P90s, if you're wondering, too. And yeah, um, yeah like the you kind of get kind of out of phase, stretch, stratty things, but they're not definitely not stratty things with, with the, the, uh, the Mondata, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the humbuckers being three of them. But, um, Actually, it's so long ago I can't remember now, but I remember playing a PRS with three soap bars, like three P90s okay. once. That was really cool. Well, but, one um, of the things, like, yeah. for example, and I think I mentioned that to you as well, one of the things I really like with the Mondata 
Um, if you have, um, so for example, you're on a bridge pickup, right? It almost reminded me, actually now I'm thinking about it, it almost reminded me of, of what the Dookie drive does. If you're just on a bridge pickup, it's like being mm. on the full distortion on the Dookie drive. And then if you bring in the middle pickup as well, so you have the uh, the bridge and the middle pickup, it almost gives you that little bit of, like you're dialing in a little bit of clean tone. It sure. gives you, when you play chords, it gives them more definition. Yep. Um, so I really like those sounds, yeah, the in-between sounds, they're, they're, which I don't like on strats at all. Mm. I don't like those quacky in-between sounds, but on that, I actually really quite like it. Yeah, cool. And now, the other thing we talked about at the last podcast, maybe a lot longer than what we do now. So we were recording the podcast and we were talking about um, that the Nova, the Nova guitars and Revolta guitars and we we're talking about Dennis Fano. And of course, I have a Fano Omnis MG6, which is like the Mustang body kind of style, which I use in a lot of videos, which I absolutely love, which is the budget version of Fano guitars. Now, for people that don't know, Dennis Fano used to own Fano guitars. And then for whatever reason, don't have to get into that, don't have to, for whatever reason, he had to sell the business. So someone else bought Fano guitars. I have no idea if the people that bought it back then are still the same people or if someone else bought it again, but there's different owners that are not Dennis Fano. And Dennis Fano ended up um, doing um, Nova guitars. Similar sort of thing back in the days, Patrick Eggle used to have Patrick Eggle guitars. Then he yeah. sold Patrick Eggle guitars. Different people started running Patrick Eggle guitars and kind of it disappeared. And then he, because he couldn't use his own name, he started making Patrick James Eggle guitars. It's funny, you know, like when you have a brand that's your name and then you sell yeah. that brand, you can't use your own name. The uh, anyway, guitars formerly, formerly known as. Formerly known as, yeah. So you've got Nova guitars and Revolta, which Dennis Fano makes, and you have Fano guitars, which Dennis Fano used to make but doesn't make anymore. But the thing I was really interested in is because you have the budget version, again, under quotation marks, budget versions of Fano guitars, which is a Fano Omnis, and you have the budget version of Dennis Fano's Nova guitars, which are Revolta guitars, both made in the Far East. So no, uh, uh, Revolta made in Korea. Um, and I think some of them made in China as well. And Fano Omnis made in China. Uh, now, the Fano guitar is a little bit cheaper. They're you know, maybe I think in Australia almost a thousand dollars cheaper than than the Revolta guitars. Now the interesting thing is so, and we talked about this, and we had a play with both guitars while we were doing the last podcast that didn't record. So Alex, uh, being completely blunt here, and uh, uh, not worrying about our relationships with both Fano guitars and Eastwood. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Comparing the two, what were your thoughts? I don't think there's a thousand dollars difference at all. No, no. Uh, it's a little bit harder to tell because the, your your Fano has been played in quite a bit, so yeah, it doesn't feel. Yeah, because I played a lot. Yeah, doesn't feel like a brand new guitar, which the other one does, which obviously it is. So but in saying that, little- it never really felt like a brand new guitar. That's one of the things I really liked about it. the necks are really really cool, and the neck. I think I said it right from the start. It reminds me of the. Um, oh, you can't see it, but the. Um, Jay Maskis Jazzmaster, which to me yeah. the Jay Maskis Jazzmaster, the neck is one of the best things about it because it feels like an old worn-in neck, but it's brand new guitar. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. Like I think because of 
the quality of the playability of that neck on the Fano really makes it like more valuable because it's for lack of a better word, yes, yes. Well, more more value. I think, um, yeah, if it like, like the edge in, edge of the neck on the Revolta on the white one, you have it like it's has like little saw marks and it's not quite smooth and it's just like little details aren't yeah. quite there. See, I find, yeah. I find, um, and I think that's what I was saying in the, the last podcast that we didn't finish recording. Mm. I can see the Revolta being worth that money. It plays, when you set it up, it plays like a guitar. The quality of it and the way it looks and the way it feels and the way it plays, I can, I reckon the price is good. It's a, it's a, it's a price that's acceptable, in my opinion. That they go for. What I think the Fano, with the Fano, the which is a, about a thousand dollars cheaper in Australia. So in Australia, I think the Fano goes for about between fourteen and sixteen hundred dollars, let's say Australian, and yeah. in the Revolters go for between twenty four twenty five hundred dollars retail. I mean that's retail price. I mean there's always deals yeah. with everything and blah blah blah. But that's the retail prices on both. I find the Fano for that money. It it plays like a. It, it's to me like around that sort of fifteen hundred dollar mark. You can maybe get it for let's say twelve hundred dollars Australian, brand new. Mm. That it does not play like a guitar at that price. In that price range, it plays like a much, 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 much more expensive guitar. I do yeah. think. That value for money, the Fano is killer. Now, the thing with the Revolters is you get guitars that look completely different to anything else you get anywhere mm. else. Like that Cominata has a well, I mean, it, it's sort of that kind of um, Rickenbackery kind of vibe. Um, but I mean, the the Mondata, for example, it looks like an offset, but it's not quite a Jazzmaster. It's a slightly different shape. You get that German carve. You get that race center block. They're kind of unique guitars. So you also, I think, you're paying for something that doesn't look like mm. something. You know, yeah. the Fano looks like a Mustang with P90s in it, uh, and the other guitar looks like a Jazzmaster. And then they do one that kind of looks like a Les Paul Junior single cut Les Paul Junior. And then they do one that looks like a Starcaster, which is nothing wrong with that. And um, they just you don't stick out as much. The Revolters. It's an experience also because they're like different looking guitars. But I do think value for money, the Fano is killer. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's that. That's now that yeah. we've uh, burned our bridges with Eastwood guitars. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I still, in the end, I mean, testament to it being good is I bought it. Yes. So I actually spent the money and I yeah. bought it. Because I think it's a nice guitar. I think it's a guitar that's very different to anything else I play and have. I like playing it. It's been the guitar that's been now for a few weeks. I usually, you know, I have different guitars I take in from the studio into the house that I play in the house at night, you know, while I watch TV and stuff like that. And I usually take different guitars and, and you know, I'm in here in the studio working, editing, and then I go in and then I take a different guitar. In. But that Revolt has been in the studio now, in, in the house now for like a couple of weeks. Yep. And I really like it. I enjoy playing it. I enjoy looking at it. 
and I bought it. So that's testament to it. But mm. I do think the Fano is just, I mean, that's a, that's a high-end guitar at not high-end prices. Yeah. Now, they're, they're definitely cool. I do like Revolta's and I don't know, maybe it's just that one you have, but the um, the Combinator seemed to be a little bit more playable, like a little bit more quality of the feel of the neck. So maybe it's just a one Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mate. But just again, I think mine is kind of well. stuff. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, um, uh, but, you know, it doesn't bother. I don't know. that the, the edges, that sort of stuff never sort of bothers me that much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's not perfect, flawless in every every respect. But um, anyway, I mean, that's not too bad. Um, cool. Was there anything else we need to talk about? We also, I mean, coming up, things that are coming up, we've got, I can see the head rush looper sitting next, next to you. Yeah. Um, I've had a quick play with it. Oh yeah, what what are your quick first thoughts? Um, I'm not sure how to use it. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not really intuitive yet. But that, that's no, only there's a lot like, going on. I mean, it's four half, loopers basically. Half an hour, and I, I got one little basic loop going. So we'll um, keep, we keep also playing. have ooh, after breaking things, we also have the ah, oh, stop falling. <laughs> also, the I've already done an unboxing video, but the full videos are coming up soon. The RPS pedals, yeah, they're fun, which are really cool. Um, and oh, you haven't seen them yet, um, but um, the what is it, Creations Audio Labs? Um, mm. These two pedals, yep, the Holy Fire and the MK four point two three. I plugged them in briefly. That it it. it completely different looking enclosures mm. and one of the things i like that's cool the sort of big metal the kind of metal enclosures and the writing on it the mk 4.23 that it's actually a hole in the metal yeah and when you plug it in there's a light underneath i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff yeah it's cool so you turn it on and it has a it has an led but the light underneath is always on and the holy fire is the same the, uh, but the holy fire also so it's a red light that's always on cool but then you turn it on and there's a like a an orange yellow light so it looks like flames yeah, nice. and it's a it the the light kind of flashes on and off as you're playing like it's sort of it's en- like an envelope control light oh, cool. um they're interesting pedals um it's so like, we've got some videos with them coming stuff like that's a gimmick but there's nothing wrong with a gimmick that nah. makes you smile like if it makes you happy and smile then I'll, I'm an absolute sucker for yeah. things that light up. Sure. <laughs> I think we've talked about this I think with I mentioned uh, Hughes and Kettner amps. And... Yeah, exactly. And I think we mentioned yeah. this on the podcast once before. I went with you to like a pro audio trade show thing. Mm. Yeah. And there was a room with all these different speakers and you were kind of saying, oh, you know, which ones should I get, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, the ones with the light up logo, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, shady things. Because I like the... Yeah, I like that sort of stuff. I like when logos light up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. It's one, I always love that about Matchless and Bad Cats and all those amps yeah. where you have the logo lights up. And yeah. I, I just to me that just makes it. That's cool. It is cool. Sorry. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well. Um. Good chats. Well, it's we've been going over an hour, and we've had even with this podcast, we had one little interruption where internet decided not to working. So this yeah. has been a, a a difficult podcast in the making. Hope you enjoyed it. 
but we made it so i hope you enjoyed it and, and we'll yeah. try again we'll keep trying to be sort of somewhat regular with these but um yeah. it's difficult a lot of times to get the time in to do this stuff and um because yeah there's a lot of other things going on as well yeah. so uh on that note thank you so much to everyone for listening thank you alex for Thanks, running man. um hanging um network cables through your house <laughs> yeah I've t- it's all down the stairs so i must to go and tidy that up <laughs> nice trip hazard cool nah, well, well, uh, enjoy your weekends weekend gigs yes uh, uh yeah. are you working much this weekend just one show tomorrow okay yeah theatery thing yeah yeah Ray. um i'll see newman two nights i'm enough to sorry I'm going to see Newman, so that's good. Oh, um, 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 Brett. Brett, eh? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen say say hello to him for I haven't seen yeah, him for ages. Yeah. So, what band is that? What what are you what are you playing or are you sounding? No, I don't sound for it's a Barbara Streisand theatre show. <laughs> oh yeah, so rock. And Brett's playing drums in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, the things you got to do as a drummer nowadays to get gigs at the <laughs> rehearsal the other night. <laughs> We um he start he started giggling about something and started doing stick tricks like, <laughs> in these musical numbers. He's a great drummer. He's yeah. a great drummer, Brett. Oh yeah, very very good drummer. Um, cool. So he's he's doing songs from Yentl. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else I know in that band or? Uh, do you know Brendan Scully, bass player? Oh, the name rings a bell, but yeah. Yeah, he's a lovely lovely guy. Great bass player. Um, he's playing upright There's- mostly. Uh, Brett and all those guys seem to be doing a lot of these. These, um, I, I guess that's the only way to get work nowadays, really, as a full mm-hmm. band is doing these tribute shows and stuff. Because I know yep. we've got other friends who do Eagles show and um, ELO show and mm. um, well, uh, what's his name, the English guy, um, uh, Sting. Elton no, John. The, no, the Elton John shows. I've a, yeah, no, but yeah. Um, uh, not Keith Richards. Um, Keith Moon. No. Um, Is it a Keith? Oh, the really straight, straight um, kind of guy. Um, Elton John. No, <laughs> definitely not straight. <laughs> no, what's his name? Um, oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is it Richard something Richards? Um, oh, why can't I think of it? Anyway, um yeah, well, the the thing with these like tribute shows is they're playing theatres, so they're often council venues, and that you can have capacity with um, COVID restrictions and stuff because they're council run and they have all these sort of things in place. So they're kind of the venues that are putting shows on at the moment that have actually yeah they're the only ones that can yeah. potential to have a full band like proper production, sound, lighting, vision, all that kind of thing, and a full house. So yeah, it's working. Yeah, even if the music is naff. Yeah. Oh, right, God, man. I can't think. Can't believe I can't think of the. Ah, oh, anyway. Um, Doesn't matter. Really goody goody guy. Um, and he had a couple of hits like in the sixties and stuff. And he's still around. Um, Elton John. Ah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I got it. That annoys me now. Cliff Richard. Ah. <laughs> no, I never heard of him. You've heard okay. of Cliff and, yeah, and not the show, a though. bunch of guys I know are in a Cliff Richards tribute band as well. So uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, well there yeah, you yeah. go. Cool. Kill On that note, uh, 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 thank you very much, and um, that's it. And 
see you when I I'll see you next week and I'll uh, Alex and I'll um, yeah have a good weekend and s- see you all everyone out there in podcast land uh, later see ya bye bye